You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. So we've been talking about inner healing and cleansing sacred space. So the first week we talked about inner healing in the sense of cleansing geographical locations. So we spent some time praying over this building that would be a beacon of light in our community and uh, that we would be able to reach the people around us. Then the following week, we talked about forgiveness, forgiveness of others, which is especially hard to do because people have hurt us in some incredible ways and to be able to release them from the ways in which they've hurt us, that takes a lot of strength. It's actually in our favor to do so because we're the ones who keep carrying around their debt. And their debt is heavy. Whereas if we just give it to Jesus, he takes that debt for us. And then he is the one ultimately who is the judge of that situation. That's hard to do. It's backwards from the ways that we think. But so much of what Jesus did and preached and taught was so backwards from the ways that we think, right? Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. That's not a thing that happens. Hi, I like your house, can I have it? Right? That's backwards Jesus thinking. Someone hurts you, pray for them. That's not what we're used to doing. Someone hurts us, we want to hurt them back. And the Old Testament had laws that let you do something similar to that. But Jesus came along, he's like, no, 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 in the kingdom... You just love, you keep loving, and this begins to break down strongholds. Um, So forgiveness is, though uh, people owe us stuff for the ways in which they've hurt us, Jesus wants us to release it over to him so that we don't carry that baggage anymore, but we leave it in his hands. Vengeance is the Lord's, is the way that uh, um, Paul says it. And Paul doesn't mean, vengeance is the Lord's and I am his vessel. He just means, no, vengeance is the Lord's, leave it in his hands. Uh, It's not saying that what someone did to you is right. It's simply uh, releasing them um, from what they owe. And then the following week, we talked about forgiving ourselves. Which if you were here, uh, you probably heard me give a lot of my own testimony. Because this is one of the hardest things for me. Forgiving other people. I've gotten pretty good at that over time. Not always, but decent. Forgiving myself. I'm pretty horrible at it. Maybe you're great at it. Great. Good for you. Not so much me. I I hold grudges against myself. I stare in the mirror and I yell at myself. I'm that kind of person. And God has worked on my heart really hard over especially the last few months. He's been trying for years. I just wouldn't let him. But over the last few months, he's really broken through to Jamin. You got to let your own baggage go. Forgiving ourselves, letting that debt go. That's hard too. Today, continuing to clear inner space. There's another form of forgiveness that I want to talk about. And this one sounds weird and blasphemous. And that's kind of because it is. So let me just say it and then I'll go back and correct myself. Okay, we all good with that? (laughs) Today we're talking about forgiving God. That should set off your censor. Whoa, forgiving God, what are you talking about? And good, it should set off your censor. Because God can't sin against us. He can't. It's against God's nature to sin. He is holy. He can do nothing wrong. It's impossible. He is not just the creator of all things physical, but he is the creator of morality. 
He is morality in itself. He is love in itself. So when it comes to us saying, like, I feel like i got to forgive God for some things he's done to us, we need to stop right there and say, theologically, that's impossible. Because to forgive someone, it means they owe you something. That they did something wrong and they owe you something for it. And God has done nothing wrong to you. God owes you nothing. But at the same time, a lot of people live with the impression that God has hurt them. And that needs to be moved through. So while it's impossible to forgive God because he's done nothing wrong to you, at the same time, I understand a lot of people have that inner feeling of, but I feel like he has wronged me or he hasn't been there. And that's what we need to work through today for inner healing. While it may not be theologically true that he's done anything wrong, we need to work through our impressions that we feel like he has. And this is one of the biggest conversations that has been had all throughout history, that's been had throughout the Bible itself, right? It's this idea that God is omnipotent, which means that God has all the power. And because we know that to be true, well, then it becomes a big theological question for us. If God has all the power, why do things go so wrong? If God has all the power, then how did this person get away with abusing me? If God has all the power, then why are children treated in these horrible, atrocious ways by adults? If God has all the power, then why is there so much evil in the world? If God has all the power, why is Russia attacking Ukraine right now? If God has all the power, why did we just go through a pandemic? If God has all the power, A, B, C, D, the list can go on and on and on. And I love this. We always think this question is original with us. If God has all the power, Jamin, then how about this happening? And I'm like, this is the oldest question in the book. (laughs) There are literal books of the Bible. And I use that right, literal. Literary books of the Bible. There are literal, literary books of the Bible dedicated to this question. The book of Job. For one, right? If God is good, then why do bad things happen? And the prophets call it out all the time. God, if, if you're good, then why do bad people live for so long while good people die? Why do bad people get all the money and all the glory and all the wealth and all this stuff while good people suffer and go through plagues? This doesn't feel like a great world. This, this doesn't feel like everything that you imagine. I think God's response to that would be, it's not. I made this world. I turned it over to you. And then you guys kind of flew off the handle. See, you have a story in your life right now. If God is good, then why did this happen to me? Most likely, if not 100% of you in this room right now have already a story in mind. If God is good, then why did this thing happen to me? Why did I lose a loved one? Why was I hurt in this way? Why has he not freed me from this pain, from this addiction, from A, B, C, D? If God is good, why? 
And there is no blanket answer to that question. I'm sorry, I wish there was. I wish I could say one thing that would solve it for all of us. But the answer is so complex. Truth is, we don't always know why bad things happen. And we don't always get a chance to stare into the spiritual realm to see where so many of the bad things actually do happen. So the Bible gives us such a complex glimpse of a world gone wrong. There are spiritual beings gone wrong. There are human beings gone wrong. And then you have things like Nephilim that are physical, spiritual beings gone wrong. Like in every dimension of existence, something has gone wrong. And so half the time, the better question to ask is, why aren't things going wrong? That, or why are things going wrong? That's not the greatest question. Sometimes the better question to ask is, why do things go right? When a world is falling apart as much as it is, sometimes we have to pause and say, wow, this beautiful thing over here that happened, that's irregular. Why did that happen? And oftentimes what you'll find the answer to be is that someone made in God's image actually acted like the image of God. That's why good things happen. Because sometimes... People actually show the world Jesus. And the church should be the most powerful organization on that front. But we got to be honest. That's not always the case. People inside the church will say that we're the greatest thing ever. You know, people outside the church don't say that. Sometimes people outside the church look at the church and say that's what's wrong with the world. These people who say that they're following this Jesus guy and want to live that way, and then the same stories of the same bad things of the same atrocities are coming out of them. Or the same statistics of the world are coming out of them. Where some of the most corrupt stories are coming out of them. A bad person doing something bad, that's one thing, but person following Jesus doing that same bad thing, like that's a whole nother level. People know hypocrisy when they see it. And we're all guilty of that to some extent. We can't cast the stone without it coming back to hit us in the forehead. There are a million reasons that things go wrong. Sometimes it's human. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it's bad deductions, and sometimes we just won't know. What's interesting for us about the book of Job, we know why things went wrong. There was a conversation in heaven that not all humanity is as bad as it looks. And that this guy named Job, he could prove it. He could prove it to the angels of heaven. Yeah, you could take everything away from him, but he would still worship me because not all humanity is bad. We know that. That's the story of the book of Job. You know who didn't know that? Job. (laughs) Job was not made aware of what was going on in the spiritual realm. He was not aware that he was an example to the angels of what humanity could be like. Job was not aware that his suffering had a purpose. And that he was actually becoming biblical literature for the rest of the world for all of eternity to look and say, okay, there's someone who suffered and showed the angels that humanity is worth it. That some of them won't give up. 
We know the full story. Job did not. You have your own story. And God knows the full story. And unfortunately, you likely do not. But there is a day coming. This day of judgment that all the same prophets spoke about. A day where God would put his court in session. And he would bring before him everyone who had ever been created. And on that day, all things will be put right. All the questions that you ever asked about why did this happen? I think you'll finally get your answer. The things that afflicted you will find their judgment. One day, there will be answers. Right now in this age, it's often complicated. It becomes even more complicated because sometimes God does use the suffering that we go through to bring about better things than we are able to tell. Like with Lazarus, the suffering that his family went through actually brought about a greater miracle. Those are hard to think about, dwell about. Perhaps it will only make sense in hindsight when we're in heaven and God gives us the full story. We can see all the ways in which the human lines interacted, spiritual lines interacted, and what God's will in the midst of all that actually was. God has all power to get his way, but the world is a shining example. Shining is not even the right word. (laughs) The world is a dark example that the way that God wants things to go don't always happen because the people that he's given power to don't always use it correctly. That's hard. That's hard. We live in a theological conundrum. God has all power, and yet he didn't help me in this moment. Yet he didn't show up in this spot right here. And for that reason, you may come to a moment of inner healing and say, I need to, I I just feel like I need to forgive God for the things he's done for me. And again, the theological answer is no, you can't forgive God because he's done nothing wrong. It's impossible. He cannot sin. But at the same time, I know what you mean by that statement. You've been hurt by God and you need some words to have with him. You know what? That's okay. God can handle it. That's the beauty of the Psalms in the, in the Bible. God gave us the Psalms to express our feelings and not just the good ones, but the bad ones. Some Psalms are crazy dark that just ended. Darkness is my only friend. Like, how creepy is that? But that's, that's scripture. Those are emotional psalms and songs that God gave us because he knew that we needed to be able to express our feelings in holy ways. And I've heard people express their feelings in unholy ways. And the Bible gives us an example to say you can still express that same feeling while submitting it to God correctly. And the psalms become our voice for that. God, here's what I'm feeling today. Well, here's a psalm about joy and victory. God, here's what I'm feeling today. Well, here's a psalm about pain and misery. Well, here's what I'm feeling today. Well, here's a song about your enemies and how they're overcoming you and yet you still win. God, here's how I'm feeling today. Well, here's a song about hitting rock bottom. God, here's how I'm feeling today. Well, here's a song about even though you're in the valley of the shadow of death, I am still there with you. 
those kinds of psalms, those kinds of songs and emotions are needed for us to be able to express them fully and rightly. And we can bring that before God. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that here in a moment. To be able to come before God and say, here's how I feel that you've wronged me. And here's what I need to get off my chest. Because if I keep holding this, I put a barrier between us. It's what we all do. Me putting a barrier between me and God, that was me not forgiving myself. When it comes to um, me forgiving God, I, I don't have much of a problem with that. Like, I don't feel like God has wronged me, but some of you will. For me, my barrier between me and God, seeing him as a loving father, is me not forgiving myself. I'm the prodigal son. Oh, God, if I come back to you, I'm going to have to, you know, be in the filth with the pigs. Then you can love me from a distance. That's me. For some of you, though, that's not you. For some of you, it's God. I just I don't think I want to be near you because I don't trust your character. And I ran into some people like that recently. Who... um, I've been used to people suddenly thinking God isn't real and walking away from him. I'm not used to people thinking God is real and saying, I just don't like him and I'm not following him anymore. And that was someone that I ran into. Who just had to say it. I I don't, I look. (laughs) And and they thought that I must have the same struggle because when they brought it up to me, like, I don't really want to tell you what I'm going through because I don't want your faith to suffer. I'm like, okay, (laughs) what you got going through? Like, well, here's the thing. You see these things that happen in the Bible and God is like, you know, behind holy wars and stuff. And for me, I'm just like, you know, I've been a Christian for my whole life. Yes, I have seen these stories before. Yes, I have dealt with the difficulty of that. Yes, I have come to the answer and conclusion that Jesus is the truest revelation of who God is. And I need to focus on him even when I come across these hard stories. So, yes, I have seen those stories. And no, my faith does not suffer because of that. I have confusion like everyone else. But I don't question God's character because I trust him. Because I have a relationship with him, not because just scripture tells me to trust him. But for them, it's like, I'm afraid to tell you that I don't trust his character because then you won't trust it either. It's like, no, this is not a problem that everybody has. But it might be your problem. And God can handle that problem. He is well aware of the confusion in Scripture. (laughs) Jesus himself sometimes quoted some passages of the Old Testament that sounded kind of violent, but he left out the violent parts. seems like God in flesh himself knew that there was some confusing stuff. So, I mentioned that some of you already have a thought in mind, something that you're upset with God about that you feel like you need to release from him. And again, he can't do you wrong, so that's not exactly what it is. But this is your moment to bring that before him. And I want to give you a prayer to pray as you do that. So um, why don't you go ahead and close your eyes for a moment and bring that thought to mind. If you're here when we talked about creating a dreamscape to meet with God in a mental space, Why don't you go to that space right now? But then bring that memory before God. Or maybe you need to enter into that memory. You lost a loved one. You're there at their side while they're suffering. Maybe you need to go to that moment right now and invite Jesus to walk into it. 
Whatever the case is, take a moment and bring that moment, that, that memory that you have where you're like, God, I don't know if I trust your character. Bring that to mind right now because we need to deal with it. express your frustration but at the same time recognizing that God can't do your own so you can repeat this in your mind I'll read it slowly line by line dear heavenly father I want to tell you something that you already know I have a lot of anger toward you circumstances of my life are not what I had hoped they would be. Things didn't turn out like I planned. This caused me to question your character. It made me wonder if you are trustworthy. whether you have good intentions toward me. But Lord, I thank you for Jesus. We saw him heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, We saw him hug widows, wrestle with children, and weep over Jerusalem because he knew their fate. We saw him do all these things that clearly demonstrated his love of people, all while repeating over and over. just doing what I see my father do. Because of Jesus, we can see your heart towards us. We can see that you have good intentions toward us. Lord, would you please forgive me for placing myself over you and judging you. Please allow me to climb down off your throne and lay at your feet. Please forgive me, Lord. Lord, may I now climb into your lap. 
May I place my head against your chest, feel the beat of your heart. May I now feel your arms about me and know that I am a part of your family. Thank you, Lord, for this. In Jesus' name.